0: Kate, it's time. I just want to know you're ready. I'm ready. Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to the x Button Podcast. Today we are reviewing the Hawkeye Disney Plus show that I did not expect to be good, but of course it came out in outshone whatever they showed in the trailers it was amazing absolutely loved it um no I'm not like coming at it from a biased standpoint as in like uh it's Disney so I'm gonna love it or it's Hawkeye I'm gonna love it I didn't like Hawkeye, Hawkeye Hawkeye I didn't like Hawkeye at the beginning back in you know you go back to what Avengers 1 where you first see Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye and I was just like he obviously seems like a B-list character. They didn't really write him into anything. I'm not saying Jeremy Renner was a bad actor. It's more they didn't really use him in those movies to an extent where I was like, okay, that's satisfying. Um, and then as like the years went on, I still didn't really care for him until about right at the end where Endgame kind of happened and Infinity War kind of happened. And then you kind of see a side of him that is like way deeper as a character. You get more touching um Backstory for him, you get more, um, you know, story with his family. You get you get a more relatable th- uh, storyline with how he's dealing with the loss of Black Widow from Endgame, and you know, uh, he's kind of overall a more important aspect of Endgame. Uh, he's the first one to try the you know the quantum leap to a uh, time traveling back in time to see his family. Um, obviously he deals with the, the loss of black widow in that movie and he has to lose black widow in that movie. Um, and then obviously he loses his family in that movie as well at the beginning. So it's a very, he has a very dark storyline and I do think it's uh, long overdue kind of like how they kind of did some retroactive, you know, storytelling with black widow in her own movie. And they kind of tied her into uh, Yelena and the Red Guardian and all this stuff. And I f- I feel like that was much, 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 much way too long overdue. I don't know where I'm going with the sentence. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's way overdue. And I think that it, it only helps the characters and broadens the world for you to kind of appreciate these characters a little more. Same for like Wanda. If you look at the WandaVision show, I appreciated her more and even Loki. So Loki... Loki is probably my favorite Disney Plus show so far out of all the takings, even, even including Hawkeye. I think Loki still stands as the most solid start-to-finish piece, uh, adds so much depth to the character, and also broadens him, his aspect and his um, purpose in the world, in the universe, uh, in the multiverse, basically his place as this Loki. And... Um, if you look at Wanda, obviously, she gets a lot more depth with her family aspect. She gets more time with vision. She gets to deal with her PTSD. She has, um, you know, she kind of loses her mind for a second and it, it adds more to her. Before that, you know, she's just kind of limited to the storyline she has with vision, uh, much like Wanda Vision, but it's more the idea of the only really storyline is that she kind of went away with them for a while. They lived together, they became a couple, they love each other, and then it was taken from her. And then Thanos obviously comes through. Uh, He's like, I don't even know who you are. She's like, you, I don't know why she says it like that. Don't don't ask me. Um, But overall, you know, her depth gets way deeper in WandaVision. And I think that's the great thing about Disney Plus shows is that they actually add many, 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 many layers to these characters. And I think that Hawkeye succeeds in adding many layers to Hawkeye himself and many layers to... Uh, Kate Bishop and obviously adding Kate Bishop um, and adding the world around Kate Bishop and Hawkeye the the idea of there being other entities um, like Echo who's in the show um, I think her name is Maya um, and some other characters I don't want to spoil just yet um, but you know they're, they're, they definitely have their own like pocket thing going on in this in this show and it's not really like a world bending thing but It definitely does a great job at solidifying a lot of new characters and adding depth to Jeremy Renner's character and kind of making you feel bad for him, kind of making you want him to get that happy ending of retiring someday or um, being able to just spend time with his family. And because if you notice a common trend with all the superheroes out there, it's always they have a potential for a good life, but they can never get it because they need to save the world. That's their number one priority, and this movie, this this show—I keep saying movie. This show highlights that very much, to where there are moments where Clint Barton's literally like, "I need to go spend Christmas with my family, but I literally can't because I got I got some other stuff to deal with. I got to do this, I got to do that. There's potential threats that I just need to deal with. Um, some of it personal, some of it not. And I think the way they make him kind of fall into meeting Kate Bishop is pretty awesome. And I think Kate Bishop is great as well. The actress, what's her name? Hayley Steinfeld? She's amazing. Absolutely love her. Redeemed herself from Bumblebee because I'm a huge Transformers fan. And God damn it, did that not make me hate everything and everyone in that movie so much. But this is definitely redeeming it. Also, that sound wave scene? Anyways, we're not here to talk about Transformers. We're here to talk about Hawkeye. And I think that's a good intro. To kind of cut off and say, hey, if you don't want spoilers, time to stop. My review says, hey, I really like this show. I highly recommend it. Definitely highly recommend it. Especially if you're a Disney fan, highly recommend it. Um, And then obviously it leads into potential big things for the future, just like WandaVision did. So check it out. Definitely watch it. It's only six episodes. It's not very long and you can knock it out in like a week. So yeah, highly recommend go watching it. And if you don't want spoilers, back out now, because we're talking about episode per episode, and we're just going to dive right into it. Um, so, starting off with episode one. Um, and like I said, we're in spoilers, so back out if you need to. Um, Hawkeye episode one starts off, and it's called... Never meet your heroes. Kate Bishop, a skilled archer whose overconfidence can cloud her judgment, lands in the middle of a criminal conspiracy. Meanwhile, Clint Barton's much-needed Christmas trip to New York City with his kids is interrupted with a painful part. uh, When a painful part of his past resurfaces, it's just a matter of time until their past cross, forcing Hawkeye out of retirement. Um, So, obviously, this kind of shows him, uh, obviously, past in-game kind of just living his life with his family, getting that time that he never really got to spend. Because uh, if you think about it, he was retiring for a while, and then they got snapped, and then he kind of went crazy, and then they came back, and now he's, he gets to kind of like spend time with them. Because there was a five-year period where he did not get to see them. Um, so after game, you can kind of make sense why I was like, all right, give this man at least a couple weeks. I'm not sure how far away this is from Endgame, but it's definitely a... Uh, a good amount of time, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe a couple, maybe a month or two. I can't remember what it says, but, um, it is a, a decent amount of time. Uh, but the start of this episode, it goes on to show the, uh, a girl, a young girl who you find out is Kate Bishop with her dad and her mom. And they're just chilling in New York. Uh, you know, spending, spending some quality family time. It's really cute. It's supposed to be like really positive positive. Uh, Very family oriented and I like the themes that they're doing and then what happens? Explosion happens and it literally cuts in footage of things that were happening in Avengers 1. Um, Which is kind of crazy. The alternate angles they show of the slow-mo of Hawkeye like jumping off off the roof and shooting backwards. They literally show like a different angle of it in uh, a little bit faster motion, then it kind of goes slow motion again. Um, But Kay Bishop's watching it, basically. And this is kind of like, obviously, she's realizing that these heroes are saving the world, but it's it's also like all this destruction kind of leads to death and uh, not a normal life. And I think that's what it was kind of foreshadowing for her as a kid to where she is kind of getting the gist of what a hero needs to be. Uh, but not fully realizing that she is one herself. Then it cuts to a scene of her trying to ring a bell. I think she's trying to ring a bell or something. I think she's just doing some hijinks and it causes a bigger, you know, a bigger, what do you call it? Explosion, a bigger issue than it is. And she gets chased down. She runs home. Anyways, one cool thing is they bring back the actors who played, Hawkeye's daughters, and his her his sons are basically his whole family, including his wife, obviously, because, I mean, she's a pillar of the story. Um, and she also may have potential a potential past as a hero. Uh, so there's something. Um, but anyways, the show goes on to show a play of Rogers the Musical, and it kind of gives him some PTSD. You kind of see that he's still dealing with the after effects of Endgame. Uh, and they're kind of mocking, in a way, all the things that are going on. Because um, I think he points out that like Ant-Man wasn't there at the Battle of New York. Um, but it's still like, you know, he's kind of over it. He just doesn't want to hear about it. Uh, and he's just basically dealing with PC- PTSD. And then, it's obviously, he gets to get back with his family. You're kind of realizing that uh, Kate Bishop is also kind of dealing with her own issues uh and the first episode she also gets to meet the dog which is pretty interesting I think the dog is also from the comics and uh I should I should preface that I am not very familiar with Hawkeye's comics I know the gist of there is a dog involved somewhere I know Kate Bishop is there um Uh, then basically she's trying to she's at a I think it's a ball or an auction with her mom uh, basically a thing she was going to with her new boyfriend. And what she does is she finds an underground auction where they're basically selling illegal items. And one of it is one of the items is the Ronin suit, which uh, obviously is the one he wears in Endgame where he gets to kill all the people in Japan. They talk about how he's in different countries killing people. All these bad, basically mobsters and bad, you know, uh, evildoers. So he's still a hero, but he's just being brutal about it kind of killing, killing the people instead of, uh, getting them arrested. Um, and then, and what is probably the most confusing part of this show is that, uh, Kate Bishop just comes out and starts whooping ass. Uh, it's a great fight scene where she's just beating ass. Um, but it is, I mean, I think they kind of, I think they kind of hint at her being like a martial artist at some point. I can't remember I cannot remember, but basically it's a little ridiculous that she's kind of doing this. She's whooping a lot of people's asses and they're putting in a lot of punch effects. but uh, basically these items are trying to get stolen by the red track suits, which you find out are a gang that was previously affected by uh, Ronin, which is Clint Barton. And yeah, they're basically there to steal the suit because they they want to sell it, I guess, or they need it for something or their boss wants it. Um, so yeah, then, uh, you know, the whole time Kate Bishop's actually in the suit fighting. And I think as a first episode, this episode's pretty interesting because it's like, it's a good intro to everything. It, it sets the world, it sets the, it sets the, um, it sets the stage, I guess, is the best way to put it, for what this show is all about. It's about, you know, Kate getting into trouble. Clint just wanting his family and the idea of his haunt or his haunt, his past haunting him. Uh, But he does not yet know that in this episode. It's obviously affecting Kate's life. Um, But I think as a first episode, it's a great start. Then you get episode two called Hide and Seek. Clint Barton desperately wants to go home in time for Christmas, but first he needs to help Kate Bishop. Hmm? Weird. Kate Bishop disentangle herself from the tracksuit mafia and a real life murder mystery. Kate, clearly a skilled archer herself, welcomes Hawkeye's guidance. She's a big fan. Clint, however, is an unwilling mentor. He knows she's no he knows she's no match for the TSM, so Clint will have to take them on again. Uh and the, let's be honest, the TSM is pretty comical. They are not really a I'd argue that they're not really a real threat. I think the people they work for is obviously the threat that um, they're kind of hinting towards. And latching on to the first episode, the first episode ended in a cliffhanger where Clint kind of catches her fighting the tracksuit mafia, rips off the 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 helmet, the head, whatever, the, the hood of the Ronin suit and finds out it's Kate Bishop. And he's like, who the hell are you? And then she gets all excited because she's a fan and that leads into episode two where they get to meet each other. Uh, Clint does not want any part of like getting to know her at all. He's literally just like, okay, cool. I need to go. Um, which I love that they play him that way. He's not like, he's not just trying to like immediately be a mentor. I'm glad he kind of had to like, um, lean into the role because obviously it was, it's just more rewarding when he does get to that point of trying to be her mentor. Um, but in the beginning, he's literally just like, "Give me my suit. I just want to go. Uh, I got shit to do." But basically, the tracksuit mafia follows Kate back to her house, where they try to trash it. Uh, Clint saves her, takes her back, takes her somewhere somewhere else that is indiscreet. And then, of course, his family is trying to go back home, and he's like, "I got shit to do because someone's got my running suit." And then da 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 da. But I love this part too because it's also like he is really, that, that's kind of like the tipping point of like once his family leaves, it's like alright, shit's gotta go down. I gotta get this done. He has more of a priority in these episodes here on out. And of course he's like still dealing with Kate because she's a, she has her own issues kind of going on that are kind of loosely tied to what, she's de- what he's dealing with. And um, she starts kind of like Wondering about her mom's stepdad. Which is a suspicious character. They play him very like uh, discreet and mysterious. And you don't really know what's going on with him. But obviously he's into some bad shit. Because he's just a bad guy. Um, Then fucking Clint Barton. Clint Barton. Clint Barton goes to play LARP with a bunch of nerds. And they... Basically, get him... They have the suit, and he needs to get it back from them. So, they're like, beat me, and if I beat beat an Avenger, I'll have a lot of cred in this thing. Which I'm like, okay. It's a little played up, but uh, you get the gist. It's kind of introducing the LARPers, because they are a uh, side role. And you kind of get introduced to the idea of some Rolex that uh, Clint's wife wants, and... Yeah, you start figuring that out. So then, adding more mystery to Kate's stepdad, um, she offers to fight him in a fencing match, and she tries to attack him when he's not looking, and he immediately blocks it, showing that he is a skilled fencer. And she knew he was going to block the attack uh, under suspicion that he is something more than what he's putting on as. And with all that you know, said, it definitely is shown in the scene. Obviously, he's he's not really pressing on like what, why he's so skilled or what's going on with that. But he's, he's basically being a typical bad guy at this point. And I was like, okay, uh, I feel like he's, it's obvious he's going to be a, either a, if he is obviously a villain, I think it's gonna be a bad thing. If he's not a villain, then that's gonna be a good thing. That means it's like subverting your expectations a little bit, but also it's like, he's either that or this. So I, I don't really know. Um, But this episode ends with Clint purposely getting caught by the tracksuit mafia to go find the boss and also uh, take out some of the people there. Then they're like, who's Kate Bishop? Where is she at? We know we blew up her house. Where is she at? And he's like, I don't work with her. I don't know. And then she breaks through the goddamn ceiling and reveals herself as somebody else in his life. Uh, then you get episode three and that's the cliffhanger. So episode three is called echoes after narrowly escaping the tracksuits and their daunting leader, Maya Lopez, Clinton, Kate work together to find answers with each step they take. However, they find themselves sliding deeper into a rapidly growing criminal conspiracy. Um, so this one starts off with the introduction of Maya, who uh, is played by a deaf actor and they do mostly sign language and her introduction is pretty awesome. I love that, like they actually show her as a kid, and the kid they chose looks a lot like the actress who's like playing her, um, like as an adult. But one dumb thing that I <laughs> I don't really like is that these, whenever they do this in some movies and some shows, it's always like as a kid they had the same haircut, and as an adult they have the same haircut. Uh, so she has p- these like weird braided pigtails. Uh, as a kid and as an adult, I don't know, but she's basically a deaf badass who like knows karate and shit and just fucks people up. Um, and her, 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 I guess her dad or her father figure. I can't remember if it's, is that her actual dad? Um, he gets killed by Ronan, uh, because they're dealing, they're part of like the tracksuits and they're dealing with like bad stuff. Um, So he killed him, and then obviously she's like, my goal is to kill Ronan. So that's her motive in this show. And I think that's such a great introduction to her character. She has purpose. She's not just a villain. She is just... um, And I think obviously they want to redeem her for further shows. So um, her being this character and like having an actual purpose for going after Clint and not just being like, Oh, I don't like Hawkeye. He's fucking with my business or whatever. It's it's something more than that. And I like that. I like her storyline and her motives more than like the tracksuit mafia. I think that's those are just like comic relief characters at this point. Then you get the uh, you know, them breaking out of them and in, them introducing themselves to Maya, first of all. Um she's not really happy, but she does notice that Clint Barton knows sign language um because he is also going a little deaf himself and they do this funny little skit at the beginning where it's um they're like why are you why are you losing your hearing and it it cuts to him like getting exploded like in different movies just like different scenes explosions have happened next to him he's like i don't know um which i thought was pretty funny and then i i love how they do that it's kind of like the old man hawkeye stuff from the comics but obviously in the comics he was blind um, this one, he's going a little deaf and I, I just love how it's played. He's like an actually, he's been through some shit himself and they never really touch on that. And I like how they actually do in this one. Uh, cause if you look at like, if you look at Iron Man, he definitely got like older and more mature, wiser. So why shouldn't like Clint have some aging done as well? You know, he kind of, he's been doing this just as long as all of them have. So, uh, it makes sense as to why he's like a little older compared to like a uh, Ant-Man or something. Even though acting-wise, I think Ant-Man might be like the same age as Jeremy Renner. Uh, then, let's see what else happens. You get this awesome car chase, which I thought the the camera play on it was pretty awesome. You get the you get the uh, Kate shooting arrows at the side while 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 Clint is driving. And this episode has arguably one of the best best uh, what do you call it? Best CGI moments, I guess, like best design scenes in the show where she shoots an arrow in the air and then Clint shoots an arrow at that arrow, but it's a pim arrow and it makes it ginormous. I'm sure if you made it this far in this episode, you have seen this and it is amazing. Absolutely loved that scene. It I don't understand how it doesn't kill anybody, but still, um, it's genius like work of of him still having like arrows tied to the Marvel movies. Um cuz why else would he have a pim arrow, you know what I'm saying? Uh I love the idea of him still having ones that like Scott Lang made or uh uh fucking Hank Pym made. Also in this episode you get the scene with uh him calling or him getting a call from his son basically asked him if he's going to be home in time for Christmas and his his uh earpiece broke, his hearing aid so he can't hear. So it does this cool audio effect where it's like muffled sounding on the audio, and he's like talking back to him. Uh, I love the making him clear and making the kid on the phone like really muffled, uh, kind of showing like what it what it's like what he's hearing. Basically, um, the audio design in this this show entirely is actually really great. Um, but this episode ends on an amazing cliffhanger with him. Going into Kate Bishop's parents' house, his, her mom's house, the, uh, you know, the place where the stepdad is. And the stepdad is there with Ronan's sword because he was part of the black market auction. And he holds it to Clint's neck. And because obviously he doesn't know at the time that it's he's there with Kate. Um, so it's awesome to see that this is going on. And it also adds to like, holy shit, this guy actually might be a bad guy. You don't know. Um which is kind of annoying as well because like, I feel like the more they were playing it up, the more I was expecting him to be evil. Uh, but then you get episode four, which is called Partners. Am I right? Secrets are revealed about a key suspect in the mystery while hard truths emerge about Hawkeye and his past. But as Clint and Kate's par- partnership finally takes off, their efforts to uncover more of the story result in a stunning and confusing battle against not one but two opposing forces. Uh, this episode is... The one that has a ginormous reveal in in, in it, and then that obviously it starts off with him talking to Kate's mom and dad, or stepdad. And two key moments happen in this scene where you get the stealing of the Ronin sword by Clint, and you get a threat from the mom, which kind of makes her like, "What the fuck is going on there?" Uh, because she's she doesn't really say like a, a overt threat, but she's just like, you know. You know, I need to make sure my daughter's safe and da 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 And she's just, like, being, like, very nonchalant about her threats to Clint. And I think it's, like, key to pick up on this because she is very, very... I mean, I think the way they play it is they make the stepdad an obvious suspect. Then they make the mom innocent until, like, around this time, around this episode. And you're kind of like, why is she so threatening. Well, you kind of pick up the idea that she's been hiding a lot from Kate. Uh, she's very um, short in talking to Kate and kind of gets wants Kate to be involved in everything she's doing. Uh, but she doesn't really say why or doesn't really ex- openly express things to Kate outside of that. She just likes this guy and she wants to be with them, um, which obviously later you find out there's something way deeper there. Uh, obviously, or uh, one cool thing actually I like about this episode too is that it solidifies Clint's wife as being way more than just a housewife. She is obviously some type of agent of some sort because he gets her to look up um, Sloan, which is what the stepdad is involved with, and she gets to tell him all about, you know, what's going on with the stepdad. Um, they have a suite. ...moment where he gets to spend Christmas with Kate... Uh, ...you get a threatening moment... ...where he's like... ...I'm going to kill all you motherfuckers... ...if you guys get in my business again... ...if uh, Clint threatens the interpreter for Maya... ...and it leads to a point where Kate and Clint... ...team up for the first time... ...which is awesome... ...and uh, they go into a house... ...they're trying to investigate something... ...and it happens to be Maya's house... ...and then they go fight Maya on a rooftop... And then a unknown person jumps on, and you get Yolena, Why would you say that? Don't say that. Sorry, sorry. Um, it's just something I do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> that that fucking line has been stuck in my head forever. Why would you say that? Don't say that. It was with me. Uh, basically, the sister of Natasha Romanov from Black Widow. She is. She was introduced in Black Widow, the movie. She's a great character. Really, really, really like her a lot. Played by uh, Florence Pugh. And, uh, yeah, it, it's revealed that it's her. So, obviously, when they're fighting, you can kind of tell she's, like, hooking them on to things to make sure they don't fall off the building and die. But she'll toss them off or uh, she'll just, like, misdirect them into getting away from her. And she's basically fighting Maya. Um, but... You know, this episode ends with him realizing, "Oh my God, that's a Black Widow! I know what Black Widows are. This is gonna, uh, this is gonna be very bad." Um, so him realizing the stakes are higher than just a um, team up with some random, you know, young girl. It's it's a lot more than that. And I think this episode is exciting because you get the introduction of Florence Pugh, you get uh, more Maya, and you get the the first team up, the first bonding, you know on their job experience with Hawkeye and Kate and seeing them together and not really listen to each other, but kind of like communicate to each other and uh, having each other's backs as a team. I think it, it makes the Hawkeye dynamic pretty cool where like him as a hero is more interesting when there's like two of them. I know it's kind of dumb, but uh, I found it more interesting kind of seeing them team up more versus seeing him, in solo, you know, movies or in the movies at, by himself, whatever. Um, and then you get the fourth episode or uh, fifth episode, sorry, which is the pen U- ultimate episode, and it is called Ronin. I wonder why it's called Ronin. So it's called Ronin after a fallout between Cl- uh, Clint and Kate. The younger Archer is ready to abandon her dream of becoming a hero, meanwhile, a guilt ridden Clint. Prepares to go face to face with the tracksuit mafia, owning up to past actions. Uh, everything changes, however, when Kate makes a surprising discovery. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to say that like halfway through the show, you kind of realize that this this show is is building and building and building, and this this is definitely one of the better episodes where you get an awesome scene between Florence Pugh and. Uh, Haley Sten- Stanfield Steinfeld, uh, Kate and Kate and da, 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 whatever her name is, Kate and Elena, uh, where they are talking and she's, she keeps saying her name. It's very like comedy, but she keeps saying Kate Bishop to say, Hey, I know who you are. Uh, why are you in my way? And she's just there to ask questions and be like, how do you know Clint? What, what are you doing here? Uh, and it's, it's an interrogation, even though it seems friendly. Um, And this reveals her motives for being there where she's just like, I want to kill Clint because he killed my sister. And that is the main point of her being there. Uh, While this is a decent reason, I think you know that she's not a bad person from watching Black Widow. So I was kind of going into this like, okay, she's not going to go crazy. She's not going to do anything, uh, you know, out of of line. Uh, Obviously, She's past the events of Black Widow where she's not necessarily a good person, but she's definitely like she realized that Black Widow is a good person and I think she's definitely taken that with her into like the future uh installments of her character. So this whole motive of her going, Hey, I need to kill Clint Barton because da 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 um I just I just wasn't buying it. And sure enough it it didn't really lead to that. Um, and in short, this episode, uh, ends with a big reveal. Actually, no, 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 This episode has one of the coolest. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I forgot two major scenes in this, in this episode. This episode has the best scene in the show, uh, and the biggest reveal of the show. Uh, It starts off with Yelena fighting another black widow, trying to gas her. And then she finds out she's not really even brainwashed. Um, she never got the serum or something. And what happens is she goes to the bathroom after they find out they are like mutual and she gets snapped. And this is the first time you get to see the snap from a snappies perspective, which is the most interesting aspect of this episode. That was like my jaw dropped when I saw that. I was like, holy shit, uh, because it shows her snap out, snap in. And you see the walls like transform around her, turning into like what is now the present day. And, um... It's cool to see that she was actually snapped. I love I loved these moments. Like, if you look at... What was it? Not Loki. Was it WandaVision? Might have been WandaVision. Yeah, WandaVision showed uh, Photon getting snapped back. I believe she got snapped. Or her... Fuck, I forgot. No, yeah, she got snapped. Um, and just seeing, like, when all these other things... Just like when Endgame starts, you see the snap of... Clint's family you know you see I love seeing the snap from different perspectives And kind of seeing like where people were At the time and who was snapped because at the time You only know a certain amount of people like we Didn't know Florence Florence Pugh was Snapped we didn't know um, Clint's family was snapped until The beginning of Endgame so It always like shocks me I'm just like holy shit This is it's like seeing and uh, It's equivalent to Watching Star Wars and You're seeing things from Order 66 Where they're like hey uh, Order sixty six is going on. You're like, oh shit! I know what's happening right here. You know, uh, it's way more epic than than just seeing a normal thing. It's literally like, you know, this event. It's just like a a catastrophic event that is affecting the the universe, uh, the world that you're 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 knowing at least. Um, so super exciting to see it from her perspective, and. Her acting is phenomenal. I'll I'll say that too. Florence Pugh knows how to act. Boy, I'll tell you what. Then this episode ends with them finding out that the mom is involved with the tracksuit mafia and she was hired by none other than Kingpin himself uh, bringing in the TV show, Netflix, uh, Kingpin from the Daredevil series. And it is exciting until you get to Episode six, which is, episode six is called, what is it called? So this is Christmas. Clinton Kate's partnership is put to the test as they face the devastating consequences of exposing the conspiracy. This episode starts off where with a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of Kingpin. You get a, you get him right at the start, super menacing, uh, basically talking to the mom. And he's like, look, you can get out if you want. But, you know, deep down, he's like, I'm going to, she cannot leave anything. I don't know what the fuck she's thinking. Um, and you get more of the relationship between Maya and Kingpin, where she is kind of like a loyal grunt uh, daughter figure to him. And he finds her as precious. But she's kind of picking up the idea of like them being shady as well, especially the her interpreter, her like right hand man. Um, I think they it comes out that he's involved with personal issues that she was dealing with um and you get a lot more Florence Pugh and Kate Bishop you get the elevator scene where they're hilariously uh fighting each other and like constantly flipping back and she like smacks her out of nowhere uh f- fantastic writing there I l- I love the the dynamic between the two and I kind of wish that they do more in the future with these two characters together uh, I don't know where they would, but it, it would be interesting to see. Couple things about this episode. You find out that the stepdad is good. Oh, surprise. Um, I think that's what kind of dampers this show for me. I really was like on a high horse up until this point. I think this last episode had a lot of good aspects of it, like the Florence Pugh and K Bishop dynamic, but um the issue there is like it has good moments, but the overall story seems like There wasn't really ever a massive threat. I mean, they... Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not an idiot, okay? I know that the kingpin at the end stuff is mostly a a misdirect. So, we'll get to that. But let's start with the stepdad coming out and being a good guy. You get the uh, LARPers teaming up. You get, you know... Um, Clint and Yelena squashing their beef, which that was the, the biggest part. That was like, I know this is going to happen. I think the, the more interesting plot line was Kingpin versus Kate. Uh, while I don't think Kate would be able to deal with Kingpin out of nowhere like that, you know, obviously, let's put our real life biases to the side. Um, but basically, she's like, I know you're my mom, you need to go to jail. Uh, Kingpin's an asshole, and I'm gonna fight him. And she like beats the shit out of him. Um And Maya ends up fighting her interpreter, which is great because like obviously he's shady. He was in cahoots with Kingpin a little deeper than what she had planned for, and he ends up dying. And she's just like real sad. That's her story. But that you know, I, I like her. I like her story because she just like has more tragedy. I know it sounds dark, but she's just got like more a deeper story than just being a deaf girl who wants to kill people like as as, at the baseline, she is a lot deeper than that. And she actually cares about her characters her characters, her family. And I love that her dynamic in the, in the show is more than just a hero or a villain. Um, Then, you know, Kingpin is whooping Kate Bishop's ass. And I think what happens Kate Bishop. Oh, Kate Bishop does a coin trick. That, that was a good callback to when she was taught that by Clint, or I guess shown that by Clint. And it explodes in front of Kingpin. Obviously, Kingpin in the comics can be kind of supernatural or just super strength. And he withstands all the beating that he takes in this show, which I'm like, okay, cool. Which leads me to the end. After the mom gets arrested, Yelena forgives Clint, which is obvious. Again, I mean, I love that it like makes. Clint's story more solidified more it's a good full circle moment of like okay this is the end of like the ptsd feeling bad about black widow he gets somebody to apologize to for something he didn't do but he gets to explain like i don't I don't care what happened i'm sorry like he he lost somebody too um so i love how it ends but i'm like i knew that was going to happen you knew yolena wasn't about to be a bad person so it's kind of like it was whatever then the uh, it it ends the battle with, with Maya shooting Kingpin. But what they do is they pan away, which of course with any show, if they pan away, that doesn't mean they're dead. And most likely Kingpin's not dead because he is a big factor in Daredevil. He's a big factor in Spider-Man. He's a big factor in now Hawkeye and stuff. So he's 100% not gone. I think what's gonna happen is you find out that he um, right when she shot he grabbed her um, he just withstood the bullet because he's just like a he's a tank pretty much I mean he he got hit by a car stood over an explosion didn't die by any of it uh, so I think it's well known that he's a lot stronger than just a couple bullets and cars and stuff so uh, and I guess it depends on where he sh- where she shot him but then obviously you get a little bit more tease in the end when he gets to spend his his christmas finally with his family and of course with that is the um you know the showing of kate and the dog being there as well so he has his like whole family there including kate and i love that that's like part of the lore now like he's she's like with him you know they're like they're literally like family it's like a daughter figure Uh, kind of, I would be a little, little upset if I was a daughter and been like, yo, why you bring this bitch? Why does she know how to shoot arrows when you were teaching me in the beginning of end game before I got snapped away? I still want to learn that. I want to become, I want to become Kate Bishop. What's going on? Uh, but obviously it didn't happen. But one notable thing is that the watch that, uh, the wife was looking for had a shield logo on the back, which is kind of confirming that she is, uh, I forgot what the name is. Let me see real quick. Mockingbird. Her name is, uh, her superhero name would be Mockingbird. And it seems like they are 100% teasing deep into that. And I love that that's an aspect. And I wonder if they're ever going to like pay it off. Is she going to suit up? Is she going to do anything more than just a uh, hidden cameo in a way of a character that not many people know about? Uh, or, Or is it just a nod to comic fans? You know, people who do know about Mockingbird would recognize that. Um, would it be cool? I, I mean, I don't mind either way because obviously at this point I think the idea is that she was Mockingbird and she got, she's retired now. Um, but it's interesting there wasn't like any word of that before. Uh, it's classified possibly for a reason. So curious to know why that is. Maybe there is more story to tell there but if there's not, I'm fine with either way. Um, and overall, this show is amazing. I absolutely loved what this show did for Kingpin, for Kate, for Maya. Maya's apparently a lot more than just what her character showed in the show. Her name is Echo as a hero, and uh, obviously she ends on a positive note, on a good note, where she kind of has room to be a hero if she wanted, or an anti-hero, whatever. Um, And then you get Clint kind of getting the time he wants with his family. It's unsaid if he's like fully retired or not, if they're just going to send out Kate Bishop now, or if it'll be um both of them together. Either way, there's a lot of like lore that these shows add into. Uh, like Loki with Sylvie or WandaVision with Photon and uh Vision. Vishon. Vishon. And you know, and then fucking Falcon and the Winter Soldier with the uh, the shitty Captain America dude. Um but you know overall these shows improve so much to the world. They add so much Building to the world that doesn't necessarily need a one-hour time frame of a big blockbuster movie, but you're still getting like movie quality stuff in these six episodes and these eight-episode shows, where they're not like a long, lengthy thing, and stre- they're stretched out for no reason. They are nice, compact, and put together, and there's not a lot of filler. And I absolutely love what they did with Hawkeye. It actually is uh, on the higher end of my favorite Disney Plus show so far. Uh, I think Loki being the number one and I'm toggling between Hawkeye and Wanda as my second Hawkeye might be my second and then Wanda my third because Wanda kind of promised a lot of stuff that it didn't cash. So it is what it is, but Hawkeye sticks to the comics and absolutely delivers on all fronts. Uh, Even if the ending was a little bit predictable, I absolutely recommend this show and I uh, appreciate you guys listening. I mean, Hawkeye is phenomenal. Hopefully more people watch it. I know That uh, in my friend group, a lot of people were just kind of like not even giving it a chance because they just didn't like Hawkeye, just like me. But uh, going into the show and after obviously watching Endgame and seeing him kind of get more development, uh, his character blossoms in the show and absolutely thrives on Kate Bishop and all these other characters. You get to see him with his family more. It's like he is fully developed now with all the elements they add in this show. And I cannot wait to see more Hawkeye. I can't wait to see more Kate Bishop Maya, Kingpin, uh, absolutely all of it. I cannot wait. Also, Kingpin was revealed within twenty-four hours of a reveal that was in No Way Home that I'm not gonna spoil. Um so I'm wondering if they're gonna do more with that, which would be interesting. Um, but we'll see. You know, who knows what the future holds. There's a lot, there's a lot they can play with here, and I think that's the whole point. There's like they're expanding the shit out of this world. And uh, they're doing it on a cosmic level and a micro level. And I cannot wait to see what they do next. And thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys being here. And I will be back tomorrow with the year roundup. And then Friday will be our award ceremony. I wrote down some awards already. And I will have to say I cannot wait. Uh, There are a lot of games I wrote down name-wise. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be... It might be... Might be a big episode. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how long it's going to take to get through this stuff, but uh, can't wait for that. So look out for all this coming in the next couple days, and I will see you guys on Thursday. Later, guys.